This is uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, not Human Mercy Sunday. Human Mercy, yikes. This is Divine Mercy Sunday. Um, I want to start off by telling you a story that my sister uh, shared with me, my sister Lori. She sent it to me. Um, I think she wrote it, but I, I don't know for sure. But it was about a family who uh, woke up on the Easter morning. And they decided, you know, we haven't been to church in forever. Let's go to Easter Mass, like as a family. And so they pack their four kids in the car and uh, drive to church. And of course, they're a bit late, yeah? Four kids. And of course, when they get there late, they get a look, yeah? And because it's a Catholic church, the front pews are pretty open, so the usher, right, guides them right up the center aisle. And they're so embarrassed to be walking in late, you know, and, 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 and they see the looks, you know, and they sit down. And kids aren't used to going to church. And so they start making a fuss. And they get shh, yeah, they get the looks. And by the way, they were sitting in someone's pew. <laughs> And in his homily, Father thundered against those creasters. Huh? He let them know. Yeah, you come here on Easter and Christmas. Well, we're open every week. He let them know. It got close to communion time when the priest kind of stopped the Mass and gave that lecture about how oh, you, you must have a worthy reception of communion. And if you haven't been going to church, you shouldn't come to communion. They didn't get it. All they knew was, well, I guess we can't go. And they really didn't know what to do anyway, and no one helped. And so they go out, they get in the car, and they start to drive home, and they, they see a restaurant. And they go, oh, well, we'll stop there and get a brunch. And they got there, and they were greeted by the uh, gal at the podium. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got a table right over here, you know, and set them down. And the kids were a nightmare, but no one griped. And then at one point, one of the kids knocks over the pitcher. And, uh, oh, they were so embarrassed, but the waitress ran right over with the towel, you know, kind of dabbed it up. It's just no big deal. Kids are kids. It's all good. And they had a nice meal and got their check and paid it. And when they were walking out, the husband said to his wife, you know, that was really, that was really a nice place. We should go back next week. It's an experience I know people write to me all the time from all over the country. And I hear story after story of, well, we tried. We went to Mass, but A, we had no idea what we were doing. The priest yelled at us for the times we weren't there. And people gave us a lot of looks. Can't tell you how many people write me. And people told me, you should take your kid out of church. Yeah, great idea, huh? Then they'll learn, just make a little noise and you can leave, yeah? Glad no one taught me that. <laughs> I bring that up because I really thought a lot about what's my favorite thing about God's mercy? And there's a lot, and this has got to be in the top three. That one of the most merciful things our God does for us, he meets us where we are. He meets us right where we are. He doesn't say, no, 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 come on, get this right, and then I'll come to you. And a perfect example is right here in our gospel. 
one of the first things Jesus did after he was raised from the dead. And I, I know, I think I talked about this either last year or the year before. I'm, I assume you don't remember. Uh, but how crazy for poor Thomas that all the others are locked up in a room. It explicitly says they're there because they're afraid. He's not. He's out. I don't know what he's doing. He's getting groceries. I don't know. But he's out there. And while he's gone is when Jesus appears. Oh. And when he gets back, and I assume he had a bag of groceries, right, with the French bread sticking out the top. It's every movie, yeah. What do all his buddies tell him? The dead guy was here. Yeah? The dead guy. He was here. And what would you say? Oh, great. Or would you assume they're messing with your head? Or would you take whatever wine was in the bag and leave it outside? Because clearly enough has been drank, yeah? When they get after him. And he gets after them. And it all comes down to this. What does Thomas say? All right, here we go. If he comes and I can put my finger into the nail marks and I can take my hand and put it in his side, I'm not going to believe until that happens. And why that? Well, he was saying, if you saw something, it was a ghost. If you're saying flesh and blood, you got to prove that to me. And so six days, isn't that awful? Do you ever think about that? Right, it's, it's like one line in here. Six days, smelly dudes, right, in a small room, all, I'm sure, 80% of the conversation, seriously, Thomas, we saw him, oh, I'll bet you did, yeah, that's great, and then he comes again, and the first thing he says is what? Peace, and then he doesn't yell at Thomas, scripture makes it clear, the gospel tells you when Jesus chastises, what does he say, quote, Thomas, put your finger here. Put your hand in my side. And Thomas does and becomes the first person in the scriptures to call Jesus God. And Jesus tells him he's blessed. Blessed are you. And then he says, by the way, I love this. Blessed are we. Because we haven't seen him and we believe. But that's a different homily. So what did Thomas do? When Jesus met him where he was, well, he blew it up. And I talked about this last year. Look at a map when you get home. What kind of guy walks from Jerusalem to Syria to what we call Iran and then down into the deepest part of India? Who does that? Uh, that guy. The guy who gave Jesus his criteria and Jesus met him there. I would love to present myself to God whole and perfect. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? It would certainly be good for you guys, but he doesn't ask that. When Peter says to him, what? Lord, get away from me. I'm a terrible man. Jesus' response is, follow me. Jesus meets us where we are, guys. He doesn't need you to get it together so he can love you. He wants you to know his love. And then you will find that that confidence you have in his love, it makes you the person you pine to be. If it doesn't start with love, then it'll never finish. Or we'll either give up 
or we'll become the judgy, angry Christians whose sole function in life seems to be telling everyone what they're doing wrong, who can't wait to stiff-arm the person who's just taken those first steps. Guys, the mercy of our Lord is that he meets us where we are. And think about what it means that the king of the universe, the Lord of all creation, he who was, who is, and who is to come, comes to you, comes to me. In the words of Scripture, he did not wait for us. Right? He did not wait for us to cry out to him. But he came to us in our frailty. Think about that a lot and be it transformed. We keep getting it backwards. I think I've told you this before. My Uncle Lonnie always says, the worst sin Catholics, or the most consistent sin Catholics make, we keep trying to clean fish we haven't caught. Yeah? That's a Montrose thing. Uh, we keep trying to clean fish we haven't caught. We can't wait to go around and yell at people about what Jesus said not to do, but we never give them a chance to find out why they should obey him. Because he loves them that much. Love loves you. And once we get that down, we won't need to have programs for evangelization or buy another book that tells us how to do it. It worked in the first reading. I don't think they had a program, right? Except what? What does our first reading tell us? They lived such a way that people approach them. You know, I, I, you know, I'm sure you remember, God help you if you don't, because I can talk forever about it. I'm a historian, and one of my favorite things is Roman history, and I can tell you that once Christianity became illegal, Christians got killed in huge numbers. But one thing, and they still have the letters for these. Every time an emperor would order a purge, there would be at least one governor somewhere who would write the emperor and say, I can't do it. I can't kill these Christians. They're my best people. And why were they their best people? Every letter was clear. Because they helped the poor. And that's where you and I can respond in a special way. I think this is always a good challenge for us to remember that we meet people where they are spiritually and we meet them where they are financially, emotionally, Physically, Jesus doesn't say that we are called to take care of the poor and vulnerable if we think they need it. Yeah? We are to take care of people and meet them where they are. I've heard this. When I was younger, I said it. Well, they need to work harder. A lot of them have thought of that, believe it or not. Yeah? That's not an ingenious insight we've got there. But we don't know what we don't know. I just read three weeks ago a statistic that said over 70% of Americans are two paychecks from total financial ruin. It could happen to any of us that circumstances come to bear that are complicated and strange, but in the end, wipe us out. Our call is to help the poor. And, and that's one of the ways we can meet people where they're at. Give them a shot. 
Show them the love and respect they are owed just because they're children of God. They don't need to do anything to earn our love because we did nothing to earn his. In the end, I think one of the great mercies of our God that we can reflect on and think about and rejoice in is the way he meets us where we are. He meets us where we are and then slowly, step by step, he draws us closer to him. And that when we can understand that mercy and live it well, it'll change how we relate to the vulnerable and the poor, be they spiritually poor or financially poor, whatever it may be. A church can and should be a place where we feel safe, in a sense. A place where we can stand or sit or kneel before our God and say, this is where I am, and wait for him to come and wrap his arms around us and tell us, well, I'll get you where I need you. But right now, be loved. So that's my joy today. And I share it with us and I hope it blesses us and challenges us to rejoice, rejoice in the divine mercy of our God, which says, wherever you are, I'll meet you there. I'll show you how beautiful you are. And then we'll take the steps toward righteousness. But until that day, may we receive and share the generous divine mercy of our Lord. Amen.